What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, tale of the tapes, season two, episode eighteen. Today we got Apache and Big DS. So like I spoke about at the end of last week's episode, Big DS was a member of Onyx for a brief period early on, which makes Onyx have four official members being judged in this study. So as a group, they had to be broken down into two episodes as we don't ever cover more than three people individually on one episode. Um, to be honest with you, I don't have much to offer on either of these guys. And truthfully, I liked Onyx enough that I was like, wow, this is weird that I never even knew this guy was a part of the group. Now, I'm not saying that I was the biggest Onyx fan ever, but I knew the other three members and liked a lot of their songs is really the point that I'm trying to make, is I could name to you each member of the group, or I had at least heard the other members' names. I had never even heard this guy's name mentioned to me. And as far as Apache... I had heard people like make punchlines about the song Gangsta Bitch. So that in turn caused me to go look it up one day, obviously, because that's the way I am. And if somebody does say something where I could tell that they're, you know, making a point and I don't really know what it is, I'll usually go look into it. So, you know, I looked that up one day and I found out who he was. So let's get into Apache, who had his debut solo album in 1993. So that officially marks a new year now that we're into in this study. We're up to 1993. So we've officially left 1992, we're done with 1992, and we're on to 1993 now. So we're getting towards the end of the golden era of hip-hop now, which is generally considered to be somewhere around 1985 to 1995. So we're in 1993 now, we're getting near the end of that, we're getting right up to the mid-90s, and this shit is flying along, and before you know it, we'll be in the 2000s and shit like that, so... I'm excited to see who finishes where. Let's get into Apache. Birth name, Anthony Peaks. Born December 26, 1964 in Jersey City, New Jersey, United States. Died January 22, 2010 in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop. And his years active are listed as 1990 to 2010. Now let's get into a little bit of a background on Apache. Anthony Peaks, December 26, 1964 to January 22nd, 2010, better known as Apache, was an American rapper. Apache emerged from New Jersey in the late 1980s as a frontman for the Flavor Unit, a hip-hop group. He first appeared on the Flavor Unit album, The 45 King Presents the Flavor Unit, in 1990. Apart from his individual records, he also featured on the albums of Naughty by Nature, Queen Latifah, Tupac, and Fat Joe. Apache signed with Tommy Boy Warner Brother Records and released his debut album Apache Ain't Shit in 1993, which peaked at number 69 on the Billboard 200 and number 15 on the top R&B hip-hop albums. Also featured on the album was the single Gangsta Bitch, which peaked at number 67 on the Billboard Hot 100 and 11 on Hot Rap Singles. Apache released the single Do For Self in 1993. Apache died on January 22, 2010 of undisclosed causes. According to fellow Flavor Unit members, the cause of death was heart failure after years of excessive eating, smoking, and drinking. 
So first of all, before we get into anything that I wrote down about Apache, I obviously want to just say rest in peace to Apache. And I also do want to point out that his years active were listed as 1990 to 2010. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but he only had the one album. So in his background, you read up a little bit and they talk about how he was on, uh, you know, Naughty by Nature songs and Queen Latifah and Tupac and Fat Joe. So he very well may have continued rapping, so to speak, after that album. But he really only had the one album out. So as far as putting his own material out, it was really just 1993 and that was it. So now let's get into my breakdown of Apache. I had heard Apache's name brought up by other rappers before, but I'd never heard any of his music. He was above average lyrically with some dope lines and a good ability to keep a topic. He only had one album in the course of his career, but it was a good one. Of the 11 songs on the album, none were great, but three were good and none were weak. Although his impact was short-lived, it was there with influences on artists such as Big L and a couple of others with only one album. Although most songs seemed to be about the same thing, he was relatively pretty original from his image to his song topics and rhyme content. So not too, too much there. Like I said, only the one album, but the, you know he still made the cut and he still was scored. So let's see how he was scored. Lyrics, he gets a six, which is... Pretty well above average for me to make a point to go out of my way and say it that on one album, you know, somebody that I, I never even really heard of aside from their name being mentioned, uh, you know, wasn't on my radar at all and only had the one album, you know, still early in 1993, gets a score of six. So that was pretty impressive in itself. Albums, he gets a 4.20 with zero classics. Now, obviously, that album score is just the one album because that's the only album he had. So that's that's what the math comes out to on that. Songs, he gets a zero, like we talked about. No great songs, but no weak songs. Only had the one album, so that's all we're going off of here. Impact, they gave him a five. Now, that probably seems high for somebody that only had one album and is not really a popular name, but the reason that I gave him a five was it was one of those things that you got to kind of take into consideration where, yes, he only had one album, but if he got the deal and he had the album... And he was obviously good, which he was. It had to have been by choice that he didn't have another album. Now, with only one album, was he Biggie? Was he Big L? No, obviously not. And that's why he doesn't get a nine or, you know, whatever in Impact. He got a five. But I'm trying to make a point that with only one album, there were some people that I could tell took some things from that album. And on top of that, there were even more people that made punchlines referring to that album. So it's definitely clear that some of your bigger figures in the hip-hop game today, or maybe 10 years ago or so, were definitely listening to this dude. Now, like I said, that doesn't carry him to an 8 or a 9 or anything crazy like that, but I do think the fact that he was able to accomplish what he accomplished with just one album at least keeps him at even, because there's obviously two ends to that spectrum. You can turn around and say, well, he only had the one album and he's not a household name, and you would be correct. That would be right. But you can also turn around and say, bro, he only had one album, and he influenced people like Big L and a couple of other people, and you know, Joe Budden had a line about him, and this guy had a line about him, and people were obviously listening to him. So you have to take both things into consideration, because... I don't know Apache personally. I can't speak for Apache. I can only go by what I see and what I'm given. And those are the both sides of the coin. And I felt that that evened out. And then originality, he gets an eight. Like I spoke about. Again, it wasn't anything completely ridiculous like Bizarre or MF Doom or anything crazy. But 
in general, his, you know, his image was pretty original. Um, his song topics were pretty original. His rhyme content was pretty original. Like the way that, that he approached, um, delivering his rhymes and things like that. So in general, he was a pretty original character. Like I said, nothing too ridiculous, but enough to get a score of an eight after only one album. And like I said, that, that wasn't just done in one particular way. It's not like he came out wearing a mask or a shower cap or he came out naked or it's not like he was making songs about absolutely absurd things that nobody else would ever make a song about. It was just a little of each thing. You know what I mean? His, his image was pretty original. His song content was pretty original. His rhyme content was pretty original. So it was a little bit of each thing and there really wasn't anything about him that was unoriginal. He didn't take much from other people. And he didn't seem to follow any trends or do anything because it was quote-unquote hot or anything of the sort. So, you know, you take all those things into consideration and there's really not really any negatives countering it. And he gets an 8 there. So, you add all those 5 numbers up and you divide by 5. And you get a final rating of 4.64. Which leaves Apache tied for 51st place of 158 artists done overall. So, you know, top 3rd there. Even probably a little bit better, but top third there um and he's in a tie with the beastie boys and large professor both of whom we covered here on the podcast already and for a dude for a dude that only had one album that's pretty damn good company so rest in peace to apache man and and shout out to him for for doing his thing in the brief period of time that he did it now let's get on to big ds of onyx so Before I get into Big DS personally and individually, I want to introduce Onyx as a group. So their origins, Queens, New York City, New York, United States. Genres, hardcore hip-hop. The years active are listed as 1988 to present. Their current members are listed as Fredro Star, who's listed as being a member from 1988 to present. And Sticky Fingers, who's listed as being a member from 1991 to present. Their past members are listed as Big DS, who's down for being a member from 1988 to 1994, and Sonny Caesar, who's in for being a member from 1988 to 2009. So obviously we can see that two people either left or were thrown out of the group. I don't really know exactly what happened. Uh, maybe we'll get more into that next week and see what we what we hear when we read up on the group. But obviously... You know, the group started in 1988. We can see that everybody came in in 1988 except Sticky Fingers. So it looks originally that it was Fredro Star, Big DS, and Sunsea. And then it looks like in 1991, Sticky came in. And then in 1994, Big DS left. And then in 2009, Sunsea left. So, like I said, we will cover the other three members next week. Um, But today, we're just going to start with Big DS. But I do want to... You know, we're starting Onyx, so I do want to run through Onyx before we get into Big DS. So let's get a little bit of a background on Onyx as a group. Onyx is an American hardcore hip-hop group from South Jamaica, Queens, New York City, formed in 1988 by Fredro Star, Suave, also known as Sonny Caesar, and the late Big DS. Sticky Fingers joined the group in 1991. They are best known for their 1993 platinum hit single, Slam, which the Source magazine described as a song that introduced the art of slam dancing into hip-hop. The group has released eight studio albums, three of which have charted in the Billboard 200 Albums Chart Top 25. 
Their debut album, Back the Fuck Up, has been certified platinum, won Best Rap Album at the Soul Train Music Awards, and was selected as one of the Source Magazine's 100 Best Rap Albums. They are also notable for their style. Loud screaming, aggression, fighting with each other, stage diving, throwing water, rapping the grimy voice, and the bald head fashion. Now, before I even comment on that, I just want to let you guys know that I will reread the Onyx information next week when we go over the other three members. So next week, before I get into them individually, I will do this again about the group. Um, anytime that a group is split into more than one episode, they're going to get the same respect. You know, every time if a group is split into four episodes, I'm going to start with the group at the beginning of each episode and then get into whatever members we're doing that day. Um, as far as what we just read with Onyx's background, you can obviously see a lot of accomplishments there for Onyx. Most of them seem to have been early on, but you can see like plenty of trend set. You can see you know, top of charts and things like that and platinum songs and platinum albums and stuff like that. So Onyx definitely has some accomplishments in their pocket for sure, but we'll get more into that in a bit. Let's get into Big DS individually now. Birth name is Marlon G. Fletcher, also known as Big Diestical, born July 29th, 1971 in South Ozone Park, Queens, New York City, New York, United States, and died May 22nd, 2003. So origins listed as Queens, New York. His genres are listed as hardcore hip-hop, gangster rap, and East Coast hip-hop. And his years active are listed as 1988 to 2003. So now let's get into a little bit of a background on Big DS individually. Marlon G. Fletcher, July 29th, 1971 to May 22nd, 2003. Better known under his stage name Big DS was an American hardcore rapper and record producer from Queens, New York. He was co-founder of the hardcore rap group Onyx. As a part of Onyx, Big DS released one album, Back the Fuck Up, and eight singles on JMJ Records, and featured on 1993's Judgment Night soundtrack. As a part of Onyx, Big DS was nominated as Rap Hip Hop New Artist on American Music Award of 1994, and won Best Rap Album on 1994 Soul Train Music Awards. So... I think this background is perfect for Big DS because it's kind of the theme of what you're going to see here for him where there's not, and this is, I'm not trying to knock this guy. I'm just being real with you. I didn't write this stuff. I, you know, I've gotten this information off of multiple websites and stuff like that. And I've either taken parts from different websites or I've picked whichever one seems to be the most accurate or the most in-depth or whatever the case is. But I do research this stuff pretty heavily. And, you know, these are the things that I find out about, about people and, for this particular guy, what you're going to see a lot of is there's not so much on him individually and really his accomplishments are going to come from Onyx. Now, that's a two-way street because some people are going to turn around and say, well, he wouldn't have been shit if it wasn't for Onyx. And other people are going to turn around and say, well, Onyx wouldn't have been shit if it wasn't for him because he was a founding member of the group. So... I can't feed into any of that. I'm not either one of those guys. I'm not any of the members in the group. I'm just here to judge what happened, what took place, what he put out, and score it mathematically from a non-biased standpoint. So I just thought that that background was pretty fitting because that really was a lot of the way that studying Big DS went before I really even read up on any of that. So let's get into what I wrote down on Big DS. As a whole, Big DS was the least known member in the group and it seemed warranted. 
in the small amount of lyrics that he dropped. He didn't rhyme quite often. Flows and rhyme schemes were off. He had a fair amount of run-on bars. And most of the rhymes he used were simplistic with a low number of syllables, leaving him well below average lyrically. He was only a part of two qualifying albums, one with Onyx and one demo tape solo. He only registered four songs on each of those albums, and they were both average. Of his eight songs total, none were great or even good, six were average, and two were weak. If it weren't for being part of Onyx, his impact on hip-hop as a rapper would have been almost non-existent. Most hip-hop fans don't know much of him, he hardly had any material at all, and no visible impacts or influences on any other hip-hop artists aside from what Onyx did as a group. He gets a good score in the originality department mainly because of Onyx's original style as a whole, but a lower score than the other members as he was never really able to carve his own lane out the way that they did. So let's get into the math of what I wrote down for him and then I'm kind of explain what I mean a little bit better. So lyrics he gets a three and a half. I mean that's self-explanatory. We spoke about the many reasons why he got the score that he got. Now what's pretty crazy that you have to keep in mind is that's only eight songs. So, you know, everybody starts out on an even playing field. I do not care what I have heard of anybody or what my opinion of anybody is. When I start listening to people, they do not start anywhere with me until they start speaking words. And then you either climb up or down from being at a five. You're all starting off even at a five and you will either go up or down from there. For him to have gotten from a five all the way down to a three and a half in eight songs... You know, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, but it's it's almost like an accomplishment because you really would have to have been pretty, pretty bad lyrically to go down that far in just a span of eight songs. Because if you think about it, if somebody only had one album, like Apache, for example, only had one album, but Apache still had way more than eight songs. He had at least like 13 or 15 songs or whatever the case was, which is definitely not a lot to go by, but it's almost double the amount that Big DS had. So... We spoke about how it was impressive that Apache climbed from a 5 to a 6 in just 14 songs or whatever it was, right? Well, how about the fact that Big DS went from a 5 to a 3.5 in only 8 songs? So, again, my intention is not to shit on anybody. My intention is to point out what's going on and who is where and how they got there. Albums, he gets a 2.64 with 0 classics, which is definitely a low score, but again... Keep in mind that he was only on the four songs on the, on the Onyx album, which was enough to qualify the album for him because with four members, if there was less than 16 songs, mathematically he qualified because he was one-fourth of the group. So if he was on four songs and there was 16 or less total, that's an album for him. So only the four songs on that one, which probably didn't fare very well, and then only the four songs on his solo demo tape, which didn't fare very well either. So his album score is low between those two that we had to judge. Songs, he gets a minus 2.5. Not a 0.25, but a minus 2.5. We talk all the time about how it's very rare that anybody gets plus or minus over an entire decimal place. This guy is getting a minus 2.5 so two and a half he's losing here now this is one of those scenarios where this guy is having a rough go here and i don't want to say it's not fair because this is what he did but it's a little bit misleading 
because you probably won't really know right off the bat when you see this guy's score or anything like that, that he only had eight songs. So this guy never had any time or room to grow or anything. You know, we're judging off the eight songs. Two of them were weak. That's a quarter. So that's 25%. You move the decimal place. He loses 2.5, which is a lot to lose, especially when you don't have good scores in front of it. Now you're losing a whole nother two and a half points, which is almost his whole album score. His album score is 2.64. Now he's losing a 2.5. So he almost just lost everything he just got for his album score. So that's definitely not good. But like I said, it's a little bit misleading because had he come out with three, four, five more albums, listen, if they were all really bad, then no, his score is not going to get any better for sure. But what I'm trying to point out is that he never really gave himself the opportunity to see or to climb his way out of that hole. He just made a couple of songs. This was the math of it. And then he was gone. Impact, he gets a five. This is a very, very similar scenario to Apache, but almost in kind of an opposite fashion. When I, when I spoke about Apache, I spoke about how, you know, if you were signed to a label and you dropped an album and it was a good album and you're good, then it, it had to somewhat be by choice that you never dropped another one. With Big DS, we have a scenario where he didn't even really have an official solo album. So no real debut solo album from Big DS. But he did have his demo tape which counts as an EP, four songs on it. So that's an EP. It's just called a demo tape because that's what he was shopping. But, you know, EP or single or, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it. It's not an LP. It's not an album. It's not a full-length album. So, and then you have the full-length album from Onyx, which is a full-length album, but he's only on four of those songs. So both of those album scores, like I said, a little bit misleading there. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that this guy has almost no material, but was part of one of the biggest and most popular and iconic hip-hop groups probably of all time, at least of that generation. So again, you have to take both sides of the coin into consideration, take both things into account. And I think that again, this evens out to a five where... You could point fingers on both sides and say, how the hell is this guy getting a five? He's got eight fucking songs and no albums. And then somebody else could turn around and say, how the fuck are you giving this guy only a five, bro? He's part of one of the greatest or biggest rap groups of all time. So again, both of those arguments had to be taken into consideration and he evens out at a five there. And, and again, very, very, very little material from these guys. So that obviously has to be taken into consideration as well that Whatever impact score they're getting, they got over a very, very short period of time. So it's bittersweet. It's a double-edged sword. It's kind of impressive, but it's still kind of not a great score. So originality, he gets a seven. Like we spoke about, Big DS was original. Onyx as a whole, as a group in general, was original. And he was a part of that. And I'm not trying to take that away. But what I am saying is that you're going to see separation with his originality score and the rest of the members originality score and the reason why is because other members continued making music and they also went on to have solo careers and put out solo albums and things like that and on those solo projects there were some very original type songs or maybe some other trends that they started or something really unique and different that they did on their solo albums where this guy never had any of that they came out as a group, 
they set trends, you know, like we spoke about in, in the group's breakdown, the, the loud screaming, the aggression, fighting with each other, stage diving, throwing water, rapping the grimy voice, the bald head fashion, all that. So they came out and they were very, very original and they started all these trends and he was a part of that for sure. But there was never anything after. Not only was there never anything after, but he didn't even continue that on. You know, he was out of the group in 1994. We're in 2021 now, and the group still exists currently with two members in it. So you're talking about leaving the group and then the group continuing on for 27 years after that. So obviously a much bigger opportunity for those other members to continue to find themselves as people and as artists and to continue to grow and you know, really just do them and, and set trends and really bring something different to the table. And like I said, with all his other scores, he just really didn't give himself that opportunity. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and it gives you a final rating of 3.13, which leaves Big DS in 154th place of 158 artists done. <laughs> So obviously a super rough finish there for Big DS for more reasons than one. But at the same time, he does make the cut. He was part of a legendary and iconic group. And you can't ever take that away from the guy. So rest in peace to Big DS. Shout outs to Big DS for sure. And I just want to point out that this is one of those scenarios. You know, you see 154th place of 158 artists done overall, and that doesn't even really leave much room behind him. You know, we covered Master P, who was way in the back. I believe he was like 156 of 158 or 157 or something like that. Um, so, you know, not far off. Only three people in between or whatever right there. But Master P, totally a different scenario than this. This is a guy where every single aspect had a bit of a struggle aside from the originality and he never really gave himself a chance to raise any of those scores and I think that had he stuck with it and worked on his craft or whatever the case was that all of the scores were possible to be raised I mean he got a seven in originality but that could have also been raised to a nine who the hell knows you know had he gone on and had a solo career and and made super super original stuff but Maybe that wasn't his plan. You know, he was a rapper producer and maybe he was a little bit more of a producer and didn't really want to pursue the rapping thing like that. And that's totally fine. Like I said, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but fact of the matter is he was a part of the group Onyx. He did rap on four of their songs and he did have four songs by himself as a demo. And he made the cut really, which was probably carried by him being part of the group Onyx, but he still made the cut nonetheless. And, uh, you know, not a great finish, but he's in here. So like I said, shout out to him and rest in peace for sure. Now let's get on to our list. We'll start off as usual with our top 15% overall. And there are no changes at all to this list today again. So in our top spot, we have Tupac who's tied for eighth place of 158 artists done overall. Behind him, we have Pharaoh Manch who's in 10th. In 12th, we have KRS-One. In 14th, we have Jizza. In 16th, we have Slick Rick. And in 18th, we have Rakim. Directly behind him, we have Redman, who's in 19th. And then directly behind him in 20th, we have Common. Behind Common, we got Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 23rd place. And then directly behind him in 24th is LL Cool J. Directly behind LL Cool J is MF Doom, who's in 25th. And then in 27th, we have Will Smith. 
After Will Smith, we have DMC and Ice Cube, who are tied for 30th place of 158 artists done overall. So, like I said, it's been completely hit or miss here in the 90s, where it's either no one is coming near our top 15% overall, or both guys are finishing really high in it. So, that trend continues here today as neither guy gets into this list. So let's get on to our current top 10% lyrically, which also has no changes in it today as well. In our top spot, we have Pharaoh Monch with a lyrical score of 8.5. Behind him, we have a three-way tie with Master Ace, Jizza, and Common, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have a tie for fifth place between KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who both got lyrical scores of 7. And then we have a six-way tie for seventh place with Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, and Redman, all with lyrical scores of six and a half. So, major shout-out to these dudes who have been getting their names said over and over and over again week after week. When you talk about bars and lyrical skills and stuff like that, these are your dudes so far for sure. And, you know, the only guys that haven't been repeated over and over again are maybe the guys like, you know, Pharaoh Monch or Redman or Common and things like that who just came in over the past month or so. But regardless, they've been getting their names said every episode for the past couple of weeks or the past month. And the most of these other guys, some of these guys have been getting their names said on here since season one. So, you know, major shout out to those guys for sure. I love the bars. That's my thing, the lyrics and stuff like that. So... I always want to see who's on the top of that list for sure. Now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. So your top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. As usual, no changes to this list today. Expect that to continue going forward. And now on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. Number one, Tupac. Behind him, Pharaoh Monch, Jizza, Redman, and Common. So obviously as we speak about this one tends to change a lot more often than probably really any of the other lists. But no changes to this list here today either. So everything stayed exactly the same again here today. If you'd like to see any of these lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host site, you see the support button. Appreciate anybody that hits it. Thank you very much. And next week, like I said, we're going to have Fred Star. Sticky Fingers, and Sun C from the group Onyx, who obviously we started here today, but we'll pick up where we left off with that one next week. Like I said, I will run through Onyx as a group at the start of next week again, and there's definitely some good stuff coming in that one, so tune in to get the rest of Onyx. Tell of the tapes. Peace. Tell of the tapes. Might as well.